Welcome to the English Waffle. Hello and welcome to the English Waffle, a podcast aimed at advanced English language learners who want to improve their language skills by listening to real conversations. My name is Owen and in each episode Mike and I do a bit of waffling about a specific topic. This week uh, we've got a guest, uh, Mike is talking to his friend Tom. It's worth mentioning that they recorded um, this episode before the full extent of the crisis was clear. None of us had any idea what a disaster is going to become and they're understandably quite lighthearted about the whole thing. Uh, they soon move on to a whole load of other topics um, uh, centered around language learning, uh, technology, immersion learning, living abroad, their own personal language learning stories, and um, quite appropriately, uh, distance learning outside a, la- a classroom environment, uh, which is suddenly really popular. Um, okay, so let's get waffling. Welcome to the English Waffle, where we'll talk about random stuff. We'll take you on a journey where you'll find out soon enough That listening to the waffle is an entertaining way Of sharing with you foreigners the things that British people say Woo! So join us on the waffle and strap yourselves in For ten whole earthen minutes of English listening So here we are, here we are in Slovenia why are we in Slovenia, I hear you ask? Yeah, well, we're in Slovenia because we were due to attend a teaching conference for teachers, uh, which sadly got cancelled at the last minute because of the coronavirus. Which it turns out is not as funny as it originally sounded. Did it ever sound funny? I mean, I wasn't ever bowled over in hysterics no but it sounded far away which was a lot more reassuring than it is now whereas now it does feel slightly like the end of times it does it feels a little bit like it just feels like it's the it's gonna be the end yeah i do feel a little like i might you know i don't know message my mother tell her i love her that sort of stuff um it's uh There's a great scene in one of my favourite books, a James Bond book. Um, On many levels, the James Bond books are are very bad. They're very imperialistic, racist and misogynistic. Um, (laughs) They're also quite amusing, um, possibly because of those things. But there's a great scene where Bond is about to jump out of a plane into shark-infested waters. And he turns to his colleague who's piloting the plane and says, Tell mother I died game. (laughs) <laughs> which obviously like linguistically is interesting because you'd never say that now no what does it mean actually well exactly tell mother i died game i think means tell you know tell the mother that i died you know willing to try game you know willing bravely to, yeah yeah willing to sort of and i feel like i want to text my mother and say i died game um, but she'd panic and i'm not dead uh yet um we well, are we're very close to the border with either Croatia or Hungary, depending which way we wanted to go, mm-hmm. and depending which border is still open. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we could return to Ljubljana, which is having quite a severe outbreak at the moment. So our, our question is, you know, which way do we go? Um, and obviously, we don't know the answer. We don't. And do we act socially responsibly and stay in the same place uh, until this until the clouds pass? Till the storm passes us over, or do we sort of tight? I think we're 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 walking a very thin line here between well, panicking and, uh, but also kind of, I think just getting on with things, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, a little bit. Well, you sort of feel, for me, I feel like I, I slightly want to make a run for home. You know, mm. Because, you know, at a time of crisis, I want to be with my family. Yeah, sure. Um, and there's that element. You know what I mean? In terms of my kind of parents who are a bit older, yeah. um, obviously older than me chronologically because they're my parents. But, you know, my parents are kind of older and slightly at risk in this sense, you know. Mm. Um, but also my wife and our children, mm. um, you know, and I kind of, I want to be, I want to be with them really. In terms and, they, of and they want to be with you. And that will happen. Yeah, sure. Go. You know, but it's also you think, well, yeah, but I'm a freelancer, so I also need to actually make money. Mm. You know? And you think, well, can you do that? Is that possible? How much of that can you do realistically in these particular times? And who knows? I think we're lucky, aren't we? Because we've got. I mean, we're not on zero hour contracts, and yeah. you know, we are, there are people out there I think who will suffer a little bit. Well, I mean, for myself, I've had loads of work cancelled in the last two weeks. You mm. know, huge amounts of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you think, oh, what do I do now? And it's interesting to sort of think. Uh, and we were talking before um, about online learning and the, the huge jump in the last couple of weeks of, mm. of online opportunities. And it's really interesting watching a lot of schools who are kind of concrete schools suddenly going, all right, we'll, we'll offer some online learning platforms mm. and lessons. And, and what I find fascinating with that is you think, look, you know, as time goes on, we're increasingly less likely to travel about. But also, as language learners, how much do we need to be in a classroom rather than on a device? But even how much language do we need to learn? Because you can do, you know, even now you can do fairly instant translations. Yes. So you don't need to learn any languages. And that's only going to improve in terms of quality and efficiency. Yes. Do you feel, though, that there are benefits to being in the country and being in the, where the language is spoken? It's interesting. When I was 18, I went to France, and that was full immersion because it was before mobile phones, it was before email, it was, you know, if I wanted to speak to my family, I had to... I remember in Greece, for example, when I was in my early 20s, I had to book time at a specific international phone booth thing yes, and yes. make a phone call from there. Yeah. And that was it, you know, and I would talk to my family, you know, once a week maybe, and we would send letters between, you know, home and, and abroad, and that was your contact. Yeah. So in a way it was good because, you know, it was learn Greek or die because there wasn't, you know, any other option. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that was really beneficial to me in terms of language learning because I wasn't, you know, like if you're studying in the UK now and you're from, you know, the Philippines, you can spend every night speaking Tagalog for five hours via, you know, Skype or TikTok or whatever it is with your friends and your family. Yeah. So really the stuff you learn during the day in school can wash away every night, you know, and it's not like you live and immerse yourself in the culture and in the, in the country as you once did. And, and I think that's probably a shame, really. I think a lot has to do with motivation as well. Like, for me the language learning journey for if I think of my own languages that I've learned Arabic French and Spanish it's kind of how do you sustain the motivation along that that particularly when you get to kind of beyond intermediate stage where you understand a bit but to push on yeah I think it it really comes down to why you want to do it yeah definitely and I think you're a really good example aren't you because you've actually lived in places to make that jump and to mm. move beyond the kind of classroom plateau. Mm. Um, and I think that's really key, isn't it? 
And Although I think, I'd add to that that you'd still need to keep using it. Yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think yeah. it's funny, isn't it? I I feel like um, with languages that I've learned, the benefits have often come, you know, quite quickly in terms of being locked in a country. I mean, not like we are now, but <laughs> like you know, in my early twenties, living abroad. You know, you're there for six months. That's it. You yeah. know, so you have to learn the language because otherwise you don't go out or you don't interact. Yeah. Or you can't order anything in a restaurant. You know, what I mean? so you have to learn the language. Yeah. Whereas now, of course, you've got conversely, you've got this great technology, which means that I can learn, you know, Hungarian in my house in the UK because there are apps and and I can watch Hungarian films or I can listen to Hungarian music at the touch of a button, and that's fantastic. And I can Absolutely. even chat to Hungarian people. Absolutely. So I can be working in my office in you know York, Absolutely. and then at night socially interact with people in you know hungarian or mandarin or russian or yeah. whatever language i want to learn so you speak a lot of languages tom what, what, what have you got any that you have a burning ambition to learn yeah I, even... it's funny isn't it i i always feel like um yeah, i speak relatively a, a, a lot of languages like you but i, I also often feel i could improve in all of those mm. you know, I, mean, I don't ever feel that i've got to a level in any where I couldn't improve yeah. and I think any new language I hear I think oh I want to learn that I want to get you know and you're yeah. the same aren't you you're yeah. kind of hungrily going yeah. how do you say this how do you say that yeah and I noticed that this morning we were staying with these friends of ours who are local to this region and you know and we were both kind of plaguing their children by saying come on how do you say this in Slovenian and how do you say this in yeah. Hungarian and often children do make the best teachers I think if you listen to children because they speak slowly generally um and you could just learn a lot from them that you don't necessarily learn in a classroom environment. I find listening to children really helpful in learning languages. I, I, I think that's really interesting. My son um, is now four and my wife is Turkish. And when he was born until he was about three, I spoke to him largely in Turkish, which I speak reasonably well. You speak very well. Uh, well, gosh, I mean, gosh, gosh, it's awful. <laughs> gosh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> but, you know, when he got to about three... I suddenly realised that we were having conversations that were deeper and more abstract, and right. I wanted to have those conversations in English. Right. Um, because, you know, not because I couldn't do it in Turkish, but because I wanted to have that relationship with him What kind in of English. conversations? With, with... I don't know, like when... You know, Why is the sky blue, Daddy? That sort of thing. Christ, I haven't got any answers for that in I any mean... language. But, <laughs> you know, but he... Like, if it's little things about saying, you know finish your milk or get your coat on or you know then i'm quite happy doing all that in turkish right. but if it's bigger things about him saying you know um why do people die or do you know yeah. I mean? she does because it's four, like, yeah. yeah and i want to have that kind of relationship basis in a language that i feel comfortable in but also sure. a language that i love you know sure. I, I, mean, I love turkish but sure i sort of think you know and it, and it also coincided with him realizing that his turkish is much better than mine in terms of grammatical sophistication, right? I've still got the hold on him on gra- on vocabulary, but his his you know grammatical sophistication is much better than mine, and yeah. so you could see him suddenly realizing that my Turkish was not perfect in yes. the way that his is perfect. Yeah. Um. At about the same time, I thought actually I want to be having these more deep conversations in English. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's very interesting as well because he like I speak French and I've got a lot of French friends and he. Can, he will quite happily listen to French, which he doesn't really understand. But, for example, when my French-speaking friends come to the house, he's quite happy for us to converse in French and won't ask for a translation or won't, 
you know, because he doesn't understand it, but he doesn't mm. mind us doing it. Mm. You know, he doesn't want to know what's happening. He's quite used to that. Mm. But also, if I which read is a to really him, important skill, I think. Definitely. Um, and, well, if yeah. I read to him and I read like Tintin, for example, yeah. or Asterix, I've always read them in French because they, you know, they are in French and that's the versions that I've got. Yeah. And it's interesting because when he was little, he washed over him and he's fine. And now he is aware that it's a different language. It's a, he's aware that it's a language he doesn't speak much of. And yet, we've always done it, so he's quite happy for me mm. to read a Tintin comic to him in French. And you mentioned the other day that you sometimes read to him in a random language that neither he or you understand. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, there's something in that, and I think, you know, where, where like, we've got books at home in, like, Polish, which I don't speak at all, yeah. and we'll just do it as a bit of a, an adventure yeah. for us both because we yeah. don't understand it at all yeah. and try and work out what's happening and it's quite fun <laughs> and it's I think good for him and good for me to try and stretch our mouths around unfamiliar words and try and work out what they might mean absolutely well that's uh, that's our 10 minutes up uh, Tom as usual a pleasure in a, in a rambling way definitely and uh, yeah give us a shout if you guys have anything that you'd like to share along the lines of language learning uh, and that also, if you can decide what you think this particular episode was about, yeah. <laughs> please let it tell us, because we're not sure. Yeah, started off as one thing, as usual. Uh, okay, happy waffling. Bye. Welcome to the English Waffle. Lots to talk about from this episode. It's, um, it's great to hear Tom talk about, well, about anything, really. He's got one of those great voices which you just enjoy listening to, and he's, you know, he's got some really interesting things to say. So thanks for coming on, Tom. And um, uh, what I, I really liked the part about advantages and disadvantages of our modern way of life uh, for learning languages. On the one hand, it's quite difficult to immerse yourself in the language even when you live in a country where it's the main language spoken because uh, you can always jump on the internet or call friends and family back home and um, you know in the past you couldn't really do that and uh, um, but it's also true that nowadays um, you don't really need to go anywhere you can learn a language without leaving your own country and um, I think Tom gave the example of uh, learning Hungarian um, watching films, TV, uh, you can do language exchanges online. Um, of course, uh, there are some people uh, who don't really need to spend too much time learning an additional language because they've already, already got two. And um, I, I really enjoyed Tom's description of uh, playing with his son and, and playing with languages, uh, particularly uh, languages that they've, they don't really know. And um, you know, just the idea of exploring a story uh, or a TV program, um, which is in another language, just for fun. You know, I mean, you don't have to understand it. You just just observe it, uh, guess what you think's going on, and um, you know, for a lot of people, it's it it's all about suffering, and it doesn't really need to be if you change your your perspective. I think. Anyway, uh, there's so much more we could talk about. Um, normally at this point, we mention the website, englishwaffle.co.uk, uh, where you can find um, help with some of the vocabulary from the episode um, and some other um, features of the language. What we're going to try to do going forward is to give you some help here in the episode 
So we're going to take out some particular items of vocabulary, maybe some expressions that may not have been clear, but also we're going to look at um, particular um, features of spoken English that you may find useful now while you're still listening. Uh, we're aware some of you perhaps don't really have time to listen to this and then go and uh, look at the um, resources on the website. So we're going to include some help here in the episode. Uh, so look out for that. Um, and um, I'll mention more about that in the series of uh, episodes called uh, How to Use the English Waffle, which um, are coming up uh, periodically. Um, episode 25 is the first one. Um, I'm actually in the process of re-recording that episode to make it um, more concise. Um, so look out for that. We'll send a message out to subscribers um, and perhaps post something on Facebook to let you know when that's ready. Um, okay, that's it for the moment. Um, speak to you next week. Happy waffling. Welcome to the English Waffle where we'll talk about random stuff. We'll take you on a journey where you'll find out soon enough that listening to the waffle is an entertaining way of sharing with you foreigners the things that British people say. Woo! So join us on the waffle and strap yourselves in for ten whole earth in minutes of English listening.